Turn with me over to the book of John, please. We're going to start our series on our mission. And our mission is threefold. One, to encounter Christ. Two, to experience community. And three, to extend the kingdom. Encountering Christ is what we want everybody to do when they come in here. Though we work really hard at building a culture that makes sense and is supernatural in its orientation, if all people do is taste us and not Jesus, we failed. And so our ethnicity and our diversity is really special. We love that. We love dynamic worship. I hope the preaching is good enough to make you want to come back next week. All those things, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our men's, women's ministry, all those things, we try to do at a very high level. But if we do them at a high level and you enjoy them and you haven't met Jesus, we failed. So we want you to encounter Christ. Too, we want you to experience community that once you do encounter Jesus, you come into a group of people that are more than just a crowd. But we try to create the environment of family here so that you can have some degree of relational connectivity that allows you to grow with somebody and springboard you along faster than you could ever go on your own. And then lastly, we want you to take whatever you've gotten from here and bring it out there. Extend the kingdom. Let's make sure that we're touching people who don't know anything about Jesus. Our community desperately needs all the things that the Bible say, say are the right thing to do. And so we need to help people understand what their purpose is in God and how they can replicate principles of the kingdom in their own personal life. We want to extend the kingdom. Today we're going to talk about encountering Christ. The title of the message is Drinking Well Water. And that is a uh, play on words. Well water that's deep in the ground and then water that makes you well. The anatomy of an encounter with Jesus. John chapter 4 verses 7 through 26 John 4, 7 through 26. And there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered, verse 10, and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst but that water that I give him will become in him a well, wellspring of water up to eternal life. Verse 15, and the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty or come all this way to draw. He said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Oh, you said correctly, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Verse 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, verse 23. But an hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, 
I know that Messiah is coming. And, and, and he who is called to Christ, and when he comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Lord, help us as we study. An encounter that was unusual. All the societal things that were surrounding Christ, this woman, the context of the the Samaritans and the Jews, all those things made this encounter really strange. All we see is a man talking to a woman, a woman communicating with a man. There were so many things behind the scenes that helped to, to... to help make us understand exactly how important this moment was and for us to glean about how God begins the process of communicating to us who he is. Because what we see here is basically how many people come to Christ, in fact, most. We come with a need. Very few of the people who come to church, I dare say hardly any, wake up one Sunday morning and say, I need Jesus. And I know where I'm going to get him. I'm going to church at that place on 28, and I'm going to find Jesus there, and I'm going to give my life to him, and this is going to be the first day of the rest of my life. That just doesn't happen. Most people come because their life is a wreck, and they need something beyond what they really know they need, meaning there are things they need that are much bigger than what is presently in their face, the circumstances that are untoward in their life, and, 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 and they don't know what those bigger things are, but they do know what the things that are facing them are. Their marriage is falling apart. They just lost their job. Their money's funny. Their health isn't what it should be. And so people wind up coming to church because they need some water. They need some water. They need... I wonder if that... I wonder if that That guy with the bow tie can help me today. He might say something that really, you know, tweaks something in my mind and and, and gives me hope for tomorrow about my situation being a little bit better. So I'm going to church. We come to natural wells looking for something to quench our thirst. And little do we know Jesus is there. We encounter him. And he doesn't mind us coming to the well to get what we need. But he wants to give us so much more than what we think we need. And so he begins to ask us questions. The woman comes with a need. Every day she's got to come and draw water. And we see from her commentary when Jesus begins to talk to her that it must be arduous because she says, whatever water you got, give it to me because this is work. I got to come a long way to get this, and it's regular. I'd like to be relieved of my responsibility. Please help me. Doing what we have to do to provide for the things in our life, work, effort, trying to find answers to situations that seem to be unanswerable, bigger questions that nobody has the solutions to. How do I get out of this? How did I wind up here? We come to Wells looking for natural water to help us. Some people go to the the well of Oprah. (laughs) Dr. Phil. There are a lot of wells, self-help book wells, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, lots of wells out there. But it's really important that you understand that Jesus is trying to sit at whatever well to which you're coming and answer a much bigger question than you've got.
But he's got a question he wants to ask you. Give me a drink. Give me a drink. Now, Jesus knew where he was going with this woman before he started the conversation. It's not like the woman was directing it or that the conversation was being changed from where he wanted it to go. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew exactly where he was going to take it. And so when he asks questions, they are pointed and they have much deeper meaning than just the verbiage he's speaking. Give me a drink. Generally speaking, when we come to the wells from which we are trying to gain sustenance that do not give us anything long-term, but hopefully will fix something immediate, we find Jesus there asking us this same question. Give me a drink. And we're surprised that he might have a need, but the need that he has is not anything that we can really fulfill because there's nothing on the inside of us in and of ourselves that could ever fulfill anything that he needs. But what he is asking is this. Is it possible for me to take a drink out of your life and be satisfied? Is there anything that you can offer, the, offer me that would make me happy? Give me a drink of your life. And it's my goal every day to let the waters be so pure in my life that when he wants to dip his ladle in my soul, the sweetest stuff comes out. That should be the goal of your life. No bitterness, no anger, no resentment, no unforgiveness. He doesn't taste anything except the water he put on the inside. Give me a drink. I'm doing better this service. There's a guy named David in the Old Testament. And David was running from Saul. Saul happened to be the king. David was the anointed king. Saul didn't like David because he was anointed to take the spot Saul had. David was on the run, I mean running for his life. The CIA, the FBI, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, everybody was on the lookout for this guy. And he was hiding out. He couldn't be at his home. He had to hide his family. It was a mess. And he was with his boys. I mean some powerful warriors, amazing human beings. And as they were just sitting there reminiscing about life and believing that things are going to be better someday, David set out of his soul, remembering where he used to get the, the, the tastiest water of his life. He says, oh, that I had a drink from the well of Bethlehem. His boys hear it. His friends, young men, they look at one another. They go, David goes to bed. They ride all night. Bethlehem was guarded by the Philistines, enemies. They ride all night, get to the Philistines' camp. They break through the barrier, all the garrisons. They go to the well of Bethlehem, stick their stuff down in there to get whatever water they needed, pull it out, ride back through the garrison, and show up at David's place and say, here's water. He said, what, 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 what? You were thirsty. Yeah, but you, no. You didn't, you went where? To what? Oh, I was just talking. I didn't have a request. I was just dreaming. How much do you love Jesus? How much? I mean, we consider it really arduous to just do what he asks us to do. Not what he wants. Not what he wishes. We think it's so difficult to be what we're supposed to be. 
you really, God, I, I can't sleep with her? Hey. It's just a little bit of money. The company won't miss it. We think that's difficult. David just whispered a dream, thinking nobody would do anything about it. These men loved that man so much. They risked their lives for some Aquafina. <laughs> Are you kidding me? David said, this is the holiest water I've ever been presented with. I can't even drink it. He poured it out because he thought, I'm drinking the blood of my men's lives with this. I, this I'm not worthy of this water. I know there are a lot of things that God says we ought to do and we ought to do them, but let's grow to the place where we can just hear his passion, his wishes, and consider it our command to get him a drink from wherever he desires to thirst. Wherever he wants to dip, dip his ladle, get him a drink from there. I'm thirsty. Give me something. May I have a drink? The woman says, well... um, how is it that you, being a Jew, talk to a Samaritan woman when it's not supposed to be like that? Now, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along at all. Not at all. The Jews thought the Samaritans were so unclean that if a meal was prepared on a Samaritan plate, the meal was now unclean, even though it may have been prepared by Jews, and they were supposed to b- break the plate because the plate was no longer presentable for anything. Samaritans were less than and the Samaritans felt about the same with the Jews no relationship at all now they did do business sometimes and that we see in this passage that the disciples went into the city of Samaria in order to buy food and so they did do business but it does say that the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans it doesn't mean that they didn't do business it means they had no relationships and so when a man sitting at a well asks a Samaritan for some water, he's already gone cross a barrier that most people never cross. And Jesus loves to break down barriers. She says, why are you doing this? Now please ascribe no holiness to this woman's verbs, nouns, grammar, or, con- or, 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 or context, or her, her, her comments. None. She is a woman, as we've read, who has had five husbands, and she's shacking up with number six. Okay, she. I think it. I think it's. I think it's fair to say that this this woman's experienced, at least experienced. And it may not have been any of her fault. She probably got five duds and was on number six. It's probably all the guy's fault. But she knows something. I'm smart. I, I, Mama didn't raise no dummy now. She, she's got something with respect to some understanding of what it means to attract a man. <laughs> so she's wanting to know now. She, just see, she doesn't know Jesus is who he is. She has no clue. She's just seeing a guy at the well. Why are you asking me? Why would you ascribe any other motive to her? 
I'm not saying she's wicked. I'm just saying she's normal. There's no spiritual motivation here at all. Why are you asking me? She's looking at number seven. She's looking at number seven. Jesus said, well, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask me, and I'd give you water that, that is full of life. He is moving the ball down the road, down the field of trying to help her understand that this is not what she thinks it is. And then she says, well, where's your ladle? Where's your bucket? You ain't got nothing to draw with. And it's deep. This well's deep. And Jesus says, let me help you. See, the the water I give is the kind of water that you're never going to have to to draw from again. It's going to to quench your thirst eternally. She's, now remember, he's talking spiritual. She's hearing natural. So she's hearing, oh, you serious? You, you're talking permanence to me now. You're serious. Okay, okay, I can go with that. She says this, give me some of that water. <laughs> give me some of that water, baby. That way I won't have to come and draw anymore. You're the last man I'm going to have. And then Jesus says this, go call your husband. And immediately, immediately you hear the tires screech, (laughs) come to a halt. But she's still trying to work it because she says this, I don't have one of those. (laughs) Now, You might say, Pastor, I've never heard this passage preached like this. (laughs) Where did you get this from? (laughs) Primarily from this phrase right here. When you are in a committed relationship and you have an opportunity in front of you, your duty is to talk about who you committed to. Is it not? You betray all the women clapping. Men, put your hands together. Put your hands together. (laughs) All those women. (laughs) You're you're betraying your relationship to say, I ain't attached. (laughs) She doesn't mention the guy. She doesn't. She just says, I don't have one of those. Amen. Jesus is the one who mentions them. So she's still trying to keep this thing going. And Jesus said, yeah, I know. I know. 
Yeah, you've had five and like, you're shacking up now. Mm, not so good. And all of a sudden she realizes, I've been caught. <laughs> I've been had here. Um, I was thinking this was going this way and this was really going this way. Ooh, you a prophet, ain't you? <laughs> you one of them, aren't you? Okay, okay, okay. Let me get, let me get straight here. Um, <clears throat> Well, our people say we got to worship here. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? I mean, as soon as you start speaking spiritual to somebody, they may have been cursing the whole time. They don't know you're a Christian. They've just been bleeping that, bleeping that, and then find out you're a Christian. Well, my mama, she, she was a deacon up in the church. <laughs> Oh, they start getting religious real quick. Everything they learned since Sunday school in the fourth grade comes out. Well, our people say we ought to worship here at the mountain. You Jews say we ought to go to Jerusalem. Which one is it? I had this theological question burning in my soul for a long time. <laughs> Jesus said neither. Those who can worship going to worship in spirit and truth, and those are the people about whom the Father is seeking. And all of a sudden, she realizes, this man knows everything about me, and he hasn't judged me yet. He knows I'm wrong, and he's a prophet of Almighty God. I'm standing, I don't know how I got here, but I'm standing in front of a prophet of Almighty God, and he could call down fire on my life because I'm a mess. And he hasn't. And he's talking to me. He's acting like I'm a real person. He's the first man who's ever really cared about me. Um, okay, I, I heard something about, you know, Messiah's supposed to come. And uh, when he comes, I, isn't he going to fix stuff? Like me? Isn't he going <laughs> to... Now, I'm convinced that something like that happened because Jesus does not reveal himself to the casual inquirer. This encounter happened for about five minutes. And all of a sudden, at the very end, we see Jesus saying, I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the Messiah. It took the disciples months to figure out who he was. Months. And Jesus is, in a minute, Sharing it with this woman. I, who am speaking to you, am he. She got so excited. The rest of the passage, you stay here. I'm going to get all my friends. And I'm going to come out. And I'm going to let you know who they are so they can get to know who you are. Says she went in the city, told everybody what Jesus said about her, and then brought the whole city out to meet him. I don't know where you are in your process of encounter, whether you are just at the place where you're coming to the watering hole looking to get your needs met, whether you've heard God ask you, give me a drink, and you don't know how in the world to provide, whether you're at the place now where you're hearing 
things about the requirements and you're just thinking, I, I need to step it up. Or whether the Lord is really revealing himself to you in such a way that you're willing to come all the way in and not just baby step it anymore. I don't know where you are. But today you need to make some movement. Because Jesus is encountering you and he wants you to encounter him. I may not be the expectation of what you thought a preacher should be this morning if you're new to our church. I get it. I'm flawed. I got issues. I, I, there's, there's not much about me that I tolerate well. I got to live with me, though. I can't leave me. <laughs> and so I've learned to accommodate me and yet press into God to make me better every day, to trust that his grace can provide for the areas where I am in lack. I realize I'm not the perfect anything, but at least... I'm doing what I can today to present Jesus to you in a relevant way so you can get to meet him. This is how he wants to care for you. And whatever need you've got, he wants to meet it and beyond it. To give you the kind of water that will allow you to never thirst in your soul again for any other well. No other well. You'll be able to have drinks from this for the rest of your life and never be dissatisfied. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Please inspire us as a people to drink from the right well.